Hey guys, it's Carrie and Zach here from the Coffee and KOs crew. And Zach, I got a question for you. You ever wake up on a Sunday morning and think, man, I'll cook the family some breakfast this morning? Yeah, time or two. Have you ever noticed how you throw the sausage links up on the griddle to one side, you throw the eggs up on the griddle to the other side, you never cook them touching? No, you don't ever want them to touch. It's weird. Yeah, I agree, man. I just, and it got me to thinking, why do we do that with our underwear? I have no idea. That's a really good question. Uh, yeah, I think it is too. But let me tell you, fellas, Sheath has solved that problem. They have come out with men's underwear with not one, but two pockets to keep your eggs and sausage separated. Thank goodness this has been a problem for way too long. I can't believe it took, I'm 26 years old, 26 years at least, to come up with uh, something so intelligent. The material is great. Everything about Sheath underwear is amazing. And what's even better, we have a promo code. Promo code COFFEE and KOs. If you use the promo code COFFEE, the letter N, KOs, at checkout, you get 20% off your entire order. It's a hell of a deal. And let me tell you, the underwear are well worth it. So make sure you go to sheathunderwear.com. Promo code COFFEE and KOs. Make sure you separate the sausage and the eggs. And make sure you sheath your dagger, sheathunderwear.com, Coffee and KO's promo, 20% off. Go get yourself the most comfortable underwear in the world, and don't forget to sheath your dagger. What's going on, guys? This is Steve with Coffee and KOs, and if you are watching this, then you might be just as confused as I am because there's no one here with me right now. I am rocking this one solo. We had some technical issues in the background. People get busy. It happens. Um, so I will be rocking this one solo unless I get lucky enough for someone to come and join me because you never know. So for today's episode, we are breaking down UFC Vegas 24. That is headlined by Robert Whitaker and Kelvin Gastelum. If you remember, it was supposed to be Robert Whitaker taking on Paulo Costa, but Paulo Costa backed out of that one. They find the short notice replacement in Kelvin Gastelum. And I believe this was a fight that was supposed to happen a few years back. And then finally, we're actually getting that. Um, so it should make for a pretty exciting main event. Um, overall, the card is not great, I would say. There's some definitely some big names on there. Um, definitely some up and comers that we definitely want to keep an eye on here. But when you kind of go through the whole thing, it's it's not too, too exciting. But honestly, if we've learned anything in the last few weeks, when your expectations are low, that's when usually all these cards outperform. You see a lot of these guys who are up and comers put on a show, they start making the call out. So yeah, the low expectation cards, those are the ones that actually outperform. So we're, we'll, we'll see. Maybe we'll be surprised here. But you know, usually we go through rate that matchup. We have Monday matchmaking. We have some headlines to talk about. I will kind of make this pretty short for that rate that matchup. We'll start there. Usually we go, you know, one to five where are these at Amanda Rebus taking on Angela Hill. Amanda Rebus is, you know, 
she's a great fighter. She's very talented. Um, she had a lot of hype in early on in her career. She has a win over Mackenzie Dern, which is great. Um, most recently, she did kind of get exposed a little bit in her last fight against, I think it was Marina Rodriguez, who put on a striking clinic and kind of exposed her a little bit on the feet. So she's taken on Angela Hill. That's a, obviously a big name to have on your resume there. But Angela Hill's tough. She can strike with anyone. We've seen her kind of up and down in her career, but she's definitely turned a corner. And that's not going to be an easy fight for Amanda Rebus. But this is definitely a nice one. If I had to rank it one to five, I'd probably say this is like a solid three and a half. I think we, we'll probably get a nice show out of this one. Um, the next one I had up here, Miranda Maverick, our girl, Miranda Maverick. We were actually supposed to interview her today as well. Um, but because of all the behind the scenes stuff that we couldn't have everyone on board. So Miranda Maverick interview for the third time. That's going to get rescheduled. But she has her turnaround fight booked. It's already Macy Barber on July 24th. That's going to be an awesome fight. We've seen Miranda Maverick. You know, she went from, I believe, the early prelims in her UFC debut. Then in her last fight, she was on the UFC 260 main card, definitely making a name for herself with a win over Jillian Robertson. And now she gets another top 15 ranked opponent in Macy Barber. So two young prospects in this division. They're going to go at it July 24th. This should be a really good one. I feel like they're both very well-rounded. They can strike. They can also take this to the ground. But I think Miranda's probably going to have the advantage in the striking and also on the ground with the wrestling. So I'm going to rock with Miranda Maverick in this one. But I am excited. I think this one also could be, could be a banger. I'm going to give this one a four out of five. Um, going into the next one, Greg Hardy taking on Tai Tuivasa. And if only our co-host Zach was here, Greg Hardy, that's his guy. I mean, he hates Greg Hardy. Let's be honest. He hates Greg Hardy. I think Greg Hardy's quickly losing a lot of fans. He's had some subpar performances. Um, he had the whole inhaler incident. I just, what do you do with Greg Hardy here? He's taken on a tough tie to Ivasa, who we just saw starch his last opponent. Granted, the guy came in on like a few days notice. Um, I, I don't think this is a good fight for Greg Hardy. Super dangerous guy. Like he definitely came into the UFC knocking everyone out. And then he kind of transitioned into more fundamentals, started slowing things down. So he's definitely improved on his game. But I think Tai Tuivasa is going to probably finish this one. And Greg Hardy, I don't think he'll get cut. Not yet. He might get another fight out of this, but I'm not looking too, too forward for uh, for Greg Hardy there. So this one, um, you know, you get two big guys trading hands in this one. I'll give this like a solid three. Greg Hardy hasn't really showed me too, too much, but I am excited about Tai Tuivasa, so I'll give that one a solid three. And the biggest fight that we had come out was Jeff Neal taking on Neil Magny. This is kind of a head-scratcher. I don't really know where to go with this one. Neil Magny, he was a guy who turned in an unbelievable 2020, kind of put his name on the map. Um, most recently, he fought Michael Chiesa. Did not really go well for him. That was kind of a make-or-break moment. You know, both of those guys, UFC veterans, whoever won that was kind of, you know, kind of cracked towards the top five. Neil Magny loses that in pretty, pretty sad fashion. Michael Chiesa pretty much controlled him the entire time. So there's a lot of question marks now with Neil Magny. Where is he going to go? He's I think he's already like 33, 34 years old. So um, he gets another tough turnaround fight here with Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal, unbelievable striker. We don't really get to see him fight too, too much. So it's good to see him. I think this is now the second time we're seeing him fight within the probably the last six months or so. But uh, Jeff Neal, tough competitor. This is going to be an awesome fight. You know, Neil Magny, he can strike. He can keep his distance. He's tall. He's lanky. He can also take this to the ground. 
very good grappler. So if he's able to do that against Jeff Neal, we'll kind of see where Jeff Neal is with his ground game. And also maybe if he can finish Neil Magny, you know, that kind of surpasses him into the, into the top 10. So I really like that fight. I know if uh, Karen was here, he's not a big Neil Magny guy, but I think this is actually like a solid four out of five. I really do like this fight. That's going to go down in, uh, in May. That's May 8th coming up pretty quick. Um, so those are all the fights that we had booked that we wanted to talk about Monday matchmaking. So I didn't get to watch UFC Vegas 23. Um, I guess I, I heard I didn't really have to watch it, just given the fact that Vittori just manhandled Kevin Holland basically in the same fashion that Derek Brunson did it. But, you know, there was definitely some standout performances that I saw um, just looking at the highlights, just looking at the, the ESPN, like the box score. So two of the people that I want to talk about, Arnold Allen, Mackenzie Dern, you know, those are two big names who are now, you know, they need top five consideration at this point. Arnold Allen is on an insane run right now. I think he, what is that, eight straight in the UFC, maybe 10 fights total that he's he's just on a, a massive winning streak. Again, you don't really get to see him fight too, too much, but when he does, he's winning. That was a top 10 fight for him. Now we need to start talking about close to the top five range for him. So he's fighting in the featherweight division. It's kind of tough when you look at the featherweight division. You know, that's a very crowded division, very saturated. You know, we talk about some of the best divisions in the game right now. Featherweight is definitely on that list. If we're looking at like the top 10, we just had Dan Ige. He just found a partner in Chan Sung Jung, the Korean zombie. Um, Jeremy Stevens is actually fighting on the card to, uh, this weekend. You don't really want to move him too, too much. Um, Yair Rodriguez, we don't know when he's going to be back. Zabit, he's a guy who still needs a fight. But the one that I'm kind of looking at, and it's going to be tough for me, but I want to see Calvin Cater, Arnold Allen. I think that would be a great fight. Calvin Cater obviously coming off that tough loss to Max Holloway. He kind of needs a little bit of a, a refresher, a bounce back fight. So fighting someone, you know, fringe 10 will probably be a good fight for him. And then Arnold Allen obviously trying to make a name for himself. If he fights the number six Calvin Cater, I think that's lights out. So that's a fight that I definitely want to see. Um, next up on the list, Mackenzie Dern. I picked this one wrong and I've been on the Mackenzie Dern train for a while too. And I feel bad Nina Ansaroff, you know, that was a, a tough fight for her coming off of, you know, the, she had the pregnancy obviously. And then I think um, the child was delivered in September, 2020. So she's coming off first fight back since then. That was a tough fight. Mackenzie Dern has just been a hot prospect. So she now, I think, um, you know, if you want to call her Nina Nunez now, but she was uh, right around the top five there. So Mackenzie's now going to swap places with her. She's going to be fringe top five. They definitely probably want to push her to the top. It's kind of crowded. Again, we have Jan Chionin fighting Carla Esparza. Those are two top five fighters in that division. So where do you want to put her in a name that I have? And it's going to be a hell of a tough fight, but Yuana Young Jacek, I think that could be an amazing fight for Mackenzie Dern to actually get tossed into. Yoana, I think in her last fight, the last time we saw her out was for the title in that epic war back and forth, which she lost. It was very close split decision. Um, she had the the head balloon up like an alien, so that was a tough look for her. But you know, she's all recovered now. She's definitely going to be looking for a fight. I don't necessarily think she wants to fight Mackenzie Dern. I think she still believes that she's still kind of in that top three deserving of title contention, but uh, Mackenzie Dern, that would be an amazing fight for her. So if she wins that fight, got to imagine she is 100% next on the list, even though you have Jan Chion and you have Carlos Barza. It's getting a little crowded up there, but I think the people want to see Mackenzie Dern 
get that title shot. So I think that would be awesome. Have her fight Joanna, an absolute legend. And if she can pass that test, yeah, put her through. Put her through to the top boss. So those are uh, some of the Monday matchmaking I wanted to go through. Just a couple of headlines here. We won't really go into it too, too much. But we had Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor. We all thought that the trilogy was going to happen. And I still think it is going to happen. But we had this weird Dustin Poirier basically called out Conor for not donating the $500,000 that he promised that he would. Then Connor's team's coming back saying that Dustin's team didn't have a plan for the money and they wanted to see the plan first before they did anything. So, you know, this basically triggered Connor to kind of lash out and say that he doesn't want to fight Dustin anymore. He wants a new opponent. I kind of have a feeling this is just a weird made up beef that they're going with just to kind of get the people drawn in a little bit, get the little bit of bad blood in there because I think. Given the trilogy, it still feels like it's a, it's a little stale, honestly. And this is kind of like, a, I guess, maybe the, the first foot forward to kind of get people talking about it because they are both pissed off on Twitter. And, you know, if this can carry into the next thing and the next thing, and then you have the press conferences coming in and then they hate each other again, that will really bring the attention to that pay-per-view. So I, I kind of feel like my, my senses are going off a little bit. I think this is a fake beef. I don't think there's anything really to talk about here, but it's just, you know, you go on MMA junkie, there's like three different articles all talking about this. You go on Instagram, everyone's screenshotting all the, the tweets that are going out between these two. So obviously massive news anytime you have Connor in there and obviously Dustin Poirier as well. So keep an eye on it. I don't think there's anything to really worry about. I think the trilogy still happens. I think this is just really drumming it up a little bit. Um, another thing that we had in the headlines here, Henry Cejudo is he going to fight Floyd Mayweather? Is that the next fight for Henry Cejudo? I mean, Floyd Mayweather, this is the easiest money he's going to make. He just sits back here. People just call him out. They're going to go to a, a massive pay-per-view. He's going to make another $100 million. He's one of, I, I don't watch boxing that much, but many consider him one of the greatest of all times. He's going to have no problem. I know Henry Cejudo is actually, you know, you see some of these gimmick fights come out here with Logan Paul and Jake Paul and all these guys, Ben Askren's in there boxing, but Henry Cejudo, he's a legitimate striker. You know, I'm not going to say that he has a good chance at all to beat Floyd May Mayweather, but he probably has maybe a 1% chance, a very small chance, but it's, it's easy money for Floyd. He goes in there, maybe he lets Henry land a few and then all of a sudden he just knocks him out or, you know, Henry tires himself out and they both make a hundred million dollars. So it makes all the sense in the world for these gimmick fights, but, I'm not really getting too excited about it, but Henry, if you're going to be calling people out, Alexander Volkanovsky, if you want to fight in the UFC, you call yourself the greatest combat sports fighter of all time. Don't waste your time here. Like go back into the UFC. You left during your prime. There's plenty of people you can go in and face right now. So wasting your time with Floyd Mayweather. I don't like it. Obviously from a UFC fan perspective, we don't want to see that. So Stupid headline. I don't even know if it's going to happen. Floyd was supposed to fight Logan Paul. That changed up. Everyone's looking for these gimmick fights, so it's, it's pretty stupid. But, you know, we'll see what happens. And, and the worst part is these are stupid fights, but I will always tune in. You know, we have Jake Paul taking on Ben Askren, I believe, this weekend. Stupid fight. Ben Askren is not a striker. He's a wrestler. He's fighting a fake boxer. It's all a show. You know, they have all these mu musical artists coming in. The co-main event is, I think, Frank Mir. I forget who he's taking on, but it's just a big circus act, and I'm still going to pay for it. That's the worst thing. It's probably 50 bucks, 
and I will pay the money to see it. So as much as I will talk shit about the actual fights happening, I want to see them and I'll pay for it. Uh, next on the list here, Aljamain Sterling coming out saying that he's gonna he needs neck surgery. Apparently, that's been a an issue that he's been dealing with for like 10 years or something. And finally, he's going to get the surgery. That's going to delay things out an extra nine months is what they're saying. An extra nine months that he's going to hold on to that belt and call himself the champion. Piotr Jan's pissed. The entire division here is pissed. We just had a whole ton of fights get announced. Corey Sanhagen has a fight. Rob Fawn has a fight. Cody Garbrandt has a fight. Uh, TJ Dillashaw is coming back. He has a fight. Th this is going to bottleneck so much. We needed this fight to just be a quick turnaround, have Piotr Jan face Aljamain Sterling in next month or in two months. That needed to happen ASAP. Aljamain kind of playing the heel here. He is driving people insane. He's getting the neck surgery, so he's going to be your champ probably for the, the remainder of 2021, and people are going to absolutely lose their minds over it. So, you know, I... I I don't really know how I feel about this one because I still feel like Piotr Jan, he was 100% in the wrong in that one. Al Jermaine, I don't think really knew how to play it off for a while. And then he was like, hold on a second. The longer that I can actually drag this out and be the champ, the better it's going to be for me because I can call myself the champ. I can make more money off of it. I can probably get more sponsorships from it. And then if I can just drive people crazy, become the heel, when it comes time, when the Piotr Jan rematch happens, People are going to buy that pay-per-view. They are going to absolutely love it. And, you know, win or lose Aljamain Sterling in that rematch, I think he's already won at this point. So I think it's actually pretty funny. It's going to drive people nuts. We'll see uh, We'll see kind of what happens after this. But um, I do think Piotr Jan is the better fighter. I think that was pretty clear after their first fight. So we'll see what happens in the second one. But until then, I mean, we're not going to know for probably about nine months. So buckle in. Uh, the last thing here, and it's it's kind of crazy news. Jimmy the Brick Flick, um, kind of a friend of a friend of the show. You know, we were actually supposed to have him on for an interview at one point. Um, that was back when he was still a UFC fighter. Um, but this guy, man, he he's got all the talent in the world. He's had all the success, um, even in the UFC. He goes out there. I think he had like a round one, round two submission. He definitely has all the skills that's needed to kind of climb the ranks pretty quickly. And he all of a sudden just kind of dropped the bomb on everyone that UFC and, and MMA in general is just the passion's not there. It kind of fizzled out. I know he has a family. He kind of wants to focus on them a lot more. So uh, kind of a bummer. I think a lot of people were looking forward to Jimmy the Brick Flick. Um, but sadly, he announces his retirement. And, um, you know, if he ever wants to come back, I think he's only 30 years old. He can definitely... He can definitely do that for the next few years. So we'll kind of see where he's at. I know, you know, you see this all the time. MMA fighters, they kind of say they want to retire and then all of a sudden maybe they're sitting in retirement and they're not thinking what it actually is like. And then they're like, you know what, maybe I should step back into the octagon. So I'm not, you can never count anyone out. You can never do it. I'm a, a massive Brett Favre fan and he was the, he was the king. He basically invented the fake retirement. So I, I don't believe in anyone retiring until I actually see it happen for a prolonged period of time. So he's saying it today. He could be back next week. We'll see. Um, but that's pretty much all the headlines that we had. And that will basically take us into the main card here. So we'll just jump into the picks that I have. Um, you got your first fight card here. We got Ricardo Ramos taking on Bill Algio. This is dead even right now, both minus 110 odds. So pretty interesting. Ricardo Ramos, he's only 25 years old. 
He has 17 pro MMA fights, seven of those in the UFC. Um, this dude was fighting his first pro MMA fight was 2012. That puts him at roughly 16 years old when he had his first MMA fight. So I think that's always super interesting when you have kind of a lifer like that and they get a really early start. They get a ton of experience early on. Uh, that typically translates well into the UFC. I definitely like to see that. Um, but then you kind of flip side here, Bill Algio. He is just, you know, he's pretty much a newcomer into the UFC. He had his debut against Ricardo Lamas. That was a, a very short notice fight for him, but that was a, a way for him to kind of break into the UFC. And I think he actually surprised a lot of people. Ricardo Lamos, obviously a difficult fighter, very tough. And Bill Algio kind of flexed on him a little bit and said, hey, I actually deserve to be in the UFC. So I like where he's at right now. He goes out there. He actually gets a unanimous decision win over Spike Carlisle. Uh, he's no longer with the UFC right now, but I still think that's a solid win. I still think Spike Carlisle, minus the cardio issues, he's definitely a UFC talent. So um, definitely like Bill Algio. I'm not going to lie. Six feet tall in this division, in this featherweight division. He's a giant. Uh, he can get it done striking. He can get it done on the ground. I, I, I think I'm probably going to roll with Bill Algio on this one. I know Ramos, he's a black belt Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter. He has seven submissions on record. Uh, five and two in the UFC, but he just got starched by Lerone Murphy in his last fight. So I don't know, man. I just think Bill Algio, people are probably sleeping on him a little bit, but he's definitely a solid UFC competitor. And like I said, the odds minus 110, you can kind of go either way with this one. So I'm going to roll with Bill Algio and I will go with decision. And that takes us into our next one. We got Louis Pena, aka Violent Bob Ross, taking on Alexander Munoz. You can get Pena minus 130. You can get Munoz plus 110. This is in the lightweight division. Um, VBR, man, this dude is a freak of nature. We talk about, you know, Bill Algio being big for the featherweights. Well, Louis Pena is massive for the lightweights. He's 6'3". He's got the 75-inch reach. Uh, he trains at American Top Team. He was on the Ultimate Fighter. You know, he's got all these things on his resume. But that hasn't really translated into the UFC success yet. He's only four and three in the UFC. He kind of goes win loss, win loss, win loss. Definitely has all the talent to do it. He's only 27 years old. American top team again. Like he has all these killers that he's training with. I know um, from one of our friends, Aaron, he said that when uh, Dustin Poirier was fighting Connor, you know, Louis Pena was kind of mimicking Connor in that, trying to help out Dustin a little bit. So this dude. Has incredible training partners. He's got the the team behind him to do it. It just hasn't really translated yet. But I do think, you know, he's going to kind of turn around here and probably catch a win, um, which is great because he hasn't fought in a long time. And I know he's been really bummed out. But yeah, it's time for him to to get in there and get a win. Alexander Munoz. I don't really know too much about him. He was a Dana White Contender Series winner back in 2018, but I don't think he got the contract. Uh, goes out into another promotion, gets a win. Then he gets his UFC contract. He gets the debut against Nazrat in August 2020. That's a friggin' tough UFC debut. So we don't, I don't really know where he's at right now. I do know in that fight, he was outstruck 104 to 37. Again, that, that's Nazrat, who's a highly touted prospect. So I kind of have to lean Louis Pena in this one. Like I said, 6'3, he's going to have a massive size advantage, 75 inch reach. He's going to have the three inch reach advantage. He can get it done striking. He can get it done on the ground. He's got a ton of submissions on record. So 
Louis Pena minus 130 as well. Like if you can get those odds, those are pretty low. I would expect that to probably kind of climb a little bit as the week goes on. But I'm going Louis Pena here and I'll go with submission. No problem with that one. That takes us to the next fight. We got Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. Uh, for the sake of, I guess, everyone, we're going to call him by his badass nickname, which is Judo Thunder. So Judo Thunder coming in as the minus 300 favorite. He's a massive favorite. Taking on newcomer Jacob Malkoon. You can get him plus 240. Malkoon, so this is kind of the difference. So we have Jacob Malkoon, 4-1 and one pro record. He's 25 years old. He's already been pushed into the UFC. He gets his first loss in his UFC debut against Phil Haas. He got KO'd in 18 seconds. That just doesn't make sense. You're only 4-1. and one. So before that UFC fight, you're 4-0 and oh, and you already get pushed into the UFC. Meanwhile, what were we just talking about earlier? Ricardo Ramos, he's a guy, he's only 25 years old, but he has 17 pro fights on record, five and two in the UFC. So I can kind of see that a little bit more, but Jacob Alcoon doesn't really have the experience, um, but what he does have is a training partner named Robert Whitaker. Ever heard of him? Yeah. So that's why I expect him obviously to be on this card is because he's training partners with Robert Whitaker. Is that why he's in the UFC? Maybe some strings are pulled. Definitely possible. Um, we don't really know much about Malcoon. So in those four wins, two wins by unanimous decision, two wins by uh, TKO or knockout. And then again, in his UFC debut, he gets absolutely starched by uh, Phil Haas in 18 seconds. So compare that to Al Hassan, a.k.a. Judo Thunder. The dude's got hands. He's 10-3 and three in his uh, MMA record. All 10 of those have been finished. The dude has hands. He can finish fights. Um, unfortunately for him in his last fight, he got KO'd by Chaos Williams. Those are just two dudes going at it. You knew someone was going under. Chaos Williams got the best of it. Um, so that left Judo Thunder on the canvas. And now he has the 10 and three pro record. Uh, his other two losses, I do think are noteworthy, but they were both to two wrestlers. So Munir Laziz, um, wrestled him, got four takedowns. Omari Akhmedov, he wrestled Al Hassan. He got six takedowns. So you have two wrestlers who presented problems for Judo Thunder. Then you have Chaos Williams, who has insane knockout power. That presented problems for uh, Judo Thunder as well. So if that just means if, if Malkoon can take this to the ground, then I think he has a good chance of winning the fight. And if he can starch him early on, then I think obviously that's a way that anyone can win. But I just I can't go with Malkoon on this one. I just don't know too much about him, and I have to kind of roll Judo Thunder. I mean, how do you not go with that? So I'm going to rock with Judo Thunder to kind of bounce back after a tough loss to Chaos Williams. And, hey, 10 fights, 10 wins, all 10 of those by TKO or knockout. I'll go Judo Thunder by knockout, right? Makes a lot of sense. So that brings us to our next fight. Andre Arlovsky steps in on short notice to take on Chase Herman. Arlovsky, this is going to be his 51st professional fight. I'll say that again. This is his 51st. That's 5-1. He's 30-20 and 20 in his pro record right now, 10-10 and 10 in the UFC. Um, people probably forget, but back in 2005, this dude was your heavyweight champion. And, you know, he even put up two title defenses. So, People kind of forget about that. You know, you, recency bias, obviously. This dude's 42 years old. He hasn't had the best track record in, you know, his last few fights. Um, 
also kind of not true because he did defeat Philip Linz. He did defeat Tanner Bozer. Those are two pretty hot prospects in the heavyweight division. Um, but then you put him up against a tough competitor in Tom Aspinall. He kind of gets steamrolled by him. So you don't really know what you're going to get from Arlovsky. Um, but something that I guess you do know is the dude does like to go to decision. All of his last six wins have all been by decision. I think they were all unanimous decision. Um, so you can kind of look for that. He's going to be... Yeah, see, that's the thing. So Aaron, obviously, thanks for the shout out. I am rolling. Uh, first solo show. This is actually kind of fun. I had no idea how this was going to go, but he said that Andre is going to school chase. And that's kind of what happens. I mean, you have the savvy veteran and Andre Arlovsky, and that's what he does. He schools people. You know, you, we're talking about Philip Linz. We're talking about Tanner Bozer, people who, who are thinking they're going to be top 10 fighters at some point, and they go against Arlovsky, and he schools them. Pretty simple. So I, I don't know what to do with Chase Herman. So I kind of looked into his background. Like he had a stint with the UFC, not a good stint. He was two and five. He got cut in 2018. Uh, he moves to Island fights. He gets a bunch of round one knockouts, gets signed back to the UFC, gets another. I think it was either round one or round two finish over um, Ike Villanueva. And so maybe is it like the resurgence that we're seeing? Oh, Karen. We got Karen. What's How's it going, guys? I'm sorry. How are, you, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I just had a bad migraine this morning and just five-hour napped it away. So, Dude, that's sorry. fine. I, I've been just <laughs> ripping it up solo right now. So, um, I'm here, man. I'm here. I'm here to provide right. some assistance. I, I needed it. You know, I, I needed a sip of water. This has been killing go. me. There you go. Uh, Andre School's Chase. Uh, I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Chase Sherman. Uh, met him at Top Golf one time. Came in, uh, not as tall as listed. That's that's a, that's a fun fact about him. Um, I'm six, six three four. and about a half. He's really about six. Eh, I'd say six two, six two and a half. You know, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I'm excited for this fight. I think it's gonna be a cool fight. Like like we were just saying, Arlovsky. Like he's 42 years old, and I feel like we count him out all the time, and we talk about his chin, but he's actually been a decision. Like he's only been KO'd once in his last 12 fights which is pretty shocking to me because i feel like we always talk about how chinny is just because he got knocked out by rosenstrike it's funny when we talk about older uh <laughs> it's funny when we talk about older heavyweights like that like he's only been knocked out like one time in his past yeah. life you know <laughs> like, that's like the measuring <laughs> stick of the heavyweights exactly but i mean you look at arlovsky he only loses to really i mean well not only loses but but he really only gets ran over by the elite heavyweights. I mean, who's the last person right. to stop him? Was it, was it Stipe? Um, I mean, the one to actually, Oh, yeah, Aspinall well, subbed him. Oh no. Well, yeah, he, he did lose to, to uh, Rosen. Oh, it might've been, it was like yeah. back in like 2017 or 2018 was the last finish. I don't have the name here, but it was a big name. It was definitely Rosen strike. Yeah. I mean, like he's, he, he, he gives people a tough time though. And I know like it doesn't look good over, over the past couple of, uh, of fights, but then whenever he's going up against some, some, lower ranked competition he tends to fare well so i don't know i i i i agree with you aaron there uh i think i think i think arlovsky probably gives a lower ranked guy like chase sherman who's borderline ufc talent uh, a lot of problems yeah that well that so i have sherman by knockout mm. not gonna lie as we just yeah. talk about arlovsky never getting finished but <laughs> um, I don't know if like you buy into like the whole, he gets cut by the UFC back in 2018. He goes on this like insane run. And then in his back in his, I guess his re debut, he finishes Ike Villanueva 
And I'm yeah. like, does, is he just onto something here? Is he just knocking everyone out? Am I going to ride with that? I'm yeah. an idiot. So, yeah, I am. Yeah, he went off to island fights, and he's been on a four-fight win streak since, stopping everybody. I mean, yeah, I, I guess I guess it's a good test for him, though, coming back, you know, getting one win back in the UFC, and then you get a, a veteran that's that's a tough out for anybody as, as a true test of, like, okay, where are you in your development? Where are you in your return to form? So I, I like the fight for him. Uh, I don't know. I it, we'll, we'll see. I, I, I do lean Andre Arlovsky just because he holds a very special place in my heart, you know. I watched him right. for the first time on Bully Beatdown. It was like one of the very first MMA fighters I knew. So I don't know. We'll we'll we'll, we'll see. But uh, I like his chances. Chase is garbage. Wow, Aaron. Oh, yeah. Goodness. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, yeah, he might not be garbage based on his his most recent fights. But you know, island fights, like, not the best promotion levels. Yeah, I mean, it's Arlovsky. You want to make yeah. an official prediction on it? Oh, me? I, I'm gonna yeah. go. I'm gonna go Arlovsky by decision. Uh, Arlovsky hadn't put a lot of people away. And I, I don't think he's put someone yeah. away in a very long time, to be honest with you. But, yeah, I think he weathers an, an early storm from Chase and then beats him in, in whatever category he really chooses. I mean, like, this this will be a test to see if if, if Chase can really come back and, and do something. I mean, I caught some of uh, Chase Sherman's bare-knuckle boxing matches, and I wasn't too impressed by them. But uh, it's good to hear that he's back in the UFC now after after a stint away. So, but at the same time, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Arlovsky by decision. Yeah, I'll, I'll roll with, I got some, uh, I got some catch up to play. I don't know if you saw, Kerry went five for five in his picks. Oh, wow. Pretty really? insane. So yeah, I got to play catch up and I'm, mm-hmm. I got to take Sherman now. Like I have to take Sherman by knockout. That's where I'm at. Yeah. You, you just gotta, you just gotta take the, take the pick to, to catch up, you know? Yep. And that's going to be uh, that's kind of tough in this next fight too. So we'll we'll go into it. Or do you want to go back and just make quick picks on the on the last three fights? Um yeah sure I'll, I'll go in, or, or you going top to bottom? Yeah, or, like the Ricardo Ramos Bill Algio okay. is the first one. I got you. Um, Ricardo Ramos coming off of that loss on the Cater Ige card. Uh, I don't know much about Bill Algio, but I do rate Ricardo Ramos. I'll, I'll I'll go Ricardo Ramos in that one by mm, he's got a lot what? of submissions. You know, what? but I'll he's go, also yeah. Go ahead. I'll go. Yeah, I'll I'll go. I'll go Ricardo Ramos by second round submission. Oh, okay. Yeah. Algio's he's a big. He's six feet. He's got the seventy three inch reach. Like he's a big dude for featherweight. Jesus. At, uh, at, oh God, this one's at bantamweight. Is or this no, a, is. I think it's it says it's a bantamweight. I'm not sure. Dude, if there's no way be. Bill Algio's making bantamweight. No, I don't know. He's massive. <laughs> I don't know. Oh goodness. But yeah, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to see some more on Bill Algio. I'll get back to that pick. How about that? How about right, I'll get yeah, back yeah, to yeah. that we'll pick? A, I'll, yeah. I'll do a little. I'll do a little sideline research. Yeah, we'll um, do a little TBD on that. Yeah, the next one. The next one is uh, Luis Pena, uh, crazy Bo- uh, violent Bob Ross coming back against Alexander Munoz. Um. I think we still haven't seen him reach his full potential in the UFC. I think he's he's someone that's talented in every category. He just hasn't seemed to put it together. Um, I think at some point you're going to start to see it. And hopefully the start of that is this Saturday. So I'm going to take him. I want him to get a stoppage victory. I'll take him to be a second. No, first round knockout. 
Nice. Yeah, that uh, that's pretty much exactly what I said. It was like we all know violent Bob Ross. Like, and again, he's he's six three fighting at lightweight too. Only yeah. twenty seven years old. American Top Team. Like, he's got all the skills. He was on Ultimate Fighter. Like, we just haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I don't think he'll have any problem here. Yeah, minus one thirty. He can kickbox. I mean, it, yeah, the, the, the kid is for real. I, I just I just don't think we've seen it recently. But right. So yeah, I'm rocking with you. I got paying you by sub, but yeah, I think he gets it done either way by finish. Mm. Um, next is a uh, middleweight Abdul Hazak. Oh, Abdul Hazak Al Hassan versus Jacob Malkoon. I mean, Jacob Malkoon just got stretched by Phil Hawes in the first yeah. twenty seconds, and now he's fighting another Phil Hawes type who just yeah. hits hard as hell and blitz you. I mean, uh, I mean Al Hassan's been kind of on a on a rough streak a little bit. I mean, he got stretched by Chaos Williams, bad, yeah, like bad. Um, so him coming off of that loss quickly concerns me but i this opponent doesn't concern me at all to be honest with you i i think abdul hazak al-hassan maybe less than a minute again i don't i don't know that was no i think i, I think you're right man i, I think can't, uh, i can't forget seeing someone getting stretched in 20 seconds that's pretty that's that's pretty tough the dude's got so i was talking about it earlier but malcoon's he's four and one like that's his pro record he's only 25 yeah. years old like i think he just got pushed into the ufc way too early he trains with whitaker like that's like a big thing. He's the training partner of Whitaker. Whitaker speaks highly of him. We just haven't seen any. Like you saw nothing in the 18 seconds except him just getting his head blown off. So yeah, I've got nothing else to go off. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think there is. <laughs> like I just, yeah. at at that point, you don't really have anything on your side. You're inexperienced. You're only a claim to be in this position that you're in is that you're training partners with someone you know it's kind of like right. the chris avila situation like oh he trains with nate diaz and gilbert melendez right i mean he hadn't done anything but he trains with those guys that's so. all i can find on the dude it's, that's yeah, all exactly. i got exactly uh yeah I, I think this one's i mean i would love for him to show us something but at sure. the same time i mean al hassan hits like a freaking mac truck and, and that's a tough out for him so i'm taking al hassan in that one via first round stoppage i think also, i think i think this i think this this card has has, has an opportunity to be pretty Pretty, pretty, pretty interesting with with some stoppages, you know. I'm hoping so. Yeah, I'm hoping yeah, so. Yeah, I think so. No, I think you're definitely. And I was just saying too, it's like the expectation on this card is not high. Mm -mm. It's it's not high, and that's usually when we see the best fights is when you're very low, and all of a sudden you get some crazy submissions from Louis Pena or the 10 second knockout from Judo Thunder is Al Hassan's nickname. Judo <laughs> Thunder, that's yeah. badass. Yeah, I yeah, I, I just think he's. Yeah, I, I think I think like Aaron said, uh, what's it called? Uh, Al Hassan has two minutes of gas, but will need only forty seconds to finish. I think that's yep. so on point. Like I think I, I I don't know. I I think taking it into later rounds would be interesting to see how Malcoon holds up. Holds up. But then we're sure. talking about a guy with five fights, and one of those fights was eighteen seconds long at this level. So that's that that's tough. I I, I don't know how his cardio is going to be. Or how he's going to react to to being a yeah in and this in situation the, in the betting favorites or the betting odds reflect that it's minus three hundred judo thunder plus two forty Malcoon like maybe you sprinkle some money on Malcoon just in case but heavy yeah. favorite on judo thunder yeah exactly. um all right so you already so you took Arlovsky by decision on the next one mm. and then the fight after that. We got Jeremy Stevens taking on Jakar Close, which we kind of talked about a little bit in the group chat. But Jakar Close and Louis Pena were supposed to fight not long ago. Mm -hmm. And 
Louis Payne has stepped in on short notice to fight close. And then I forget what happened, but it got pulled. And that now Jakar Close books another fight, not Louis Pena. And Louis Pena hadn't fought in like a year or something, and he was pissed. So it's kind of funny that they're both on the same card, the main card. Yeah. And Jakar Close, I think, is getting the co-main here. Yeah. This this fight's this fight's crazy. It's pretty crazy. This fight is is freaking crazy. I mean, like Jakar Close. You don't really think too much of him. Then you look at his record and you're like, holy crap. Okay, you're talking about a dude that beat Bobby Green, who's yep. a tough out for anyone. You're talking about someone that beat Lando Venata whenever he was on the rise. Uh, I mean, he, he's losing to Benil Dariush, but that's someone that's skyrocketing right now. Mm-hmm. His only other loss was to David Tamer, who was on a, the upswing back in 2017 whenever he fought him. I mean, I mean, shit, uh, freaking David Tamer's only losses to Charles Oliveira recently. Like and right. now that guy's fighting for the lightweight title, you know? Um, so I, Jeremy Stevens coming up is crazy, but also like close is a pretty stocky guy for 155. Yeah. And he uses his wrestling well. Um, man, I mean, this fight's crazy though. I mean, like once again, I want to see what, what Stevens power looks like at 155 now. Because I think he can put – I mean, he can put anyone out in one shot at, at 145. You know? Oh, yeah, for When he sure. knocks them out, they don't effing move, you know. <laughs> but, but it's – I, man, I, it's going to be a very, very interesting fight, a very interesting clash of styles. Close, the wrestling, the, the leg kicks, but Jeremy Stevens with the explosivity, especially in the pocket – at 155, he's hungry too. You know, I like fighters that that, that are possibly fighting for the job. He is, man. He's, he is. I mean, he, he hasn't won a fight in I don't know how a long. long time. Uh, yeah, he, he hadn't won a fight in, in, in a while. I mean, and you don't really think that of a guy like Jeremy Stevens because he's only losing to elite guys. But talking about someone who hasn't won a fight since 2018, I mean, he's lost four straight and has won no contest. It's the exact same position Sam Alvey was in leading up to his oh. fight. <laughs> you know, so. I you don't think the same thing, but then again, his 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 losses were to Jose Aldo, beat Yair Rodriguez, and Calvin Cater. Those are all top ten guys at, at the featherweight division. Jakar Close isn't a top ten guy at lightweight yet. It's going to be interesting to see how that. I don't know. It'll it'll it I, it'll it'll be fun to watch. It'll be fun to watch. I I just know that much. I'm going to lean Jeremy Stevens, though. I'm going to take the experience. I'm going to take the hunger because he's possibly fighting for his job here. I got – also, I don't, I don't know. I don't really like Jakar Close too much. But and that's just because he ruined the Lando Venata hype train earlier on. Finish it now. I want the finish. I, I, think, I, think, yeah. I think Jeremy Stevens rebounds at a new weight class where he's not killing himself to make weight and lands a huge shot on Jakar Close, knocks him out second round. Yeah, Jeremy Stevens, like 34 years old, 28 and 18 pro record, 15 and 17 in the UFC. Like, this is going to be his 33rd fight in the UFC. He's like, he's tied for second most knockdowns in UFC history, six time fight of the night winner, three time knockout of the night winner. Like, the dude has been around. He just has just kind of fallen short. And again, it's to elite competition. So you don't really know how far he goes down. And again, yeah. in, into the new weight class, like we know he has the power. That's not going to yeah. be a question. Jakar Close, the, he's 33 years old too. Like they're actually similar yeah. in age, except Close has like a third of the fights. But yeah, Jeremy you do know been fighting forever. Forever, man. That's his, his insane. record is crazy, and it doesn't really reflect how good he is. 
Right. It, the majority of his losses are to really elite competition. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and, and then, but the mileage too, like the mileage mm-hmm. is on Jeremy Stevens. Like he can definitely get put out too. Like it's, he's coming off of a violent loss too. I mean, yeah. they, they, Calvin Cater. Was it Cater? The Cater. Was it those, up with that the elbow. Spinning, yeah. No, it was, oh, it was man. just like a, a little elbow intercepted when he's coming in. Just violent, man. I, I don't know. It, that one will sit with you for a long time. Yeah. So it's, I don't know, man. This one, this one is very difficult. I actually am surprised Stevens is minus one forty-five is the favorite. Like, I think that kind of seems a little backwards to me, but because Jakar Close has proven himself with the Landon mm-hmm. Venata win, with the Bobby Green win, Benil yeah. Daryush caught him with like I think it was kind of like a freak, uh, big shot that knocked him out. But this yeah. he likes to go to decision a lot. Uh, seven of eight of last fights have gone to decision for Close. So mm-hmm. can he kind of grind it out and get this one? I'll, I'll go with Close. I'll go opposite. I'll go close, gets it by decision on it. Yeah. For me, it depends on can close keep him down on the ground? Because I think yeah. on the feet, Stevens provides a world of trouble. A world of you trouble. You don't trade with Jeremy Stevens. No. The Calvicator can do it because he's got the elite boxing to do it, the elite yeah. striking. But yeah, Yair can do it. Zabit can do it. Jose Aldo can do it. Yeah. And Calvin can do it. And those are the last people that beat your car. But even then, good strikers like Josh Emmett. Got knocked out by him. Like, yeah, I don't, he's he's a tough out for anyone. And I mean, I I don't know how he's going to look coming off of a KO loss. I mean, the first KO loss in the past, I don't know, five years, I don't, five, six, yeah. seven years, something like that. I I don't know. Um, I don't know. No, we'll we'll see. We'll see. No, I'm with you. I think this actually will probably be. When I'm looking at it, this could be fight of the night for sure. I mean, it yeah. could it could end in 20 seconds, or it could be you know. Actually, I was at the J- Jeremy Stevens Yair Rodriguez fight, and that was epic. Mm. Like that was absolutely yeah. epic. Yair was winning, but then Jeremy Stevens started coming back, and you didn't really know who's gonna pull it out. <laughs> um, but the dude goes to war. The dude goes to yeah. war every time, and I fucking love it. Yeah. All right, for so sure. I got close decision. You got Stevens by finish TKO, and that takes us to the main event. You want to uh, you want to intro that one? Yeah, sure. We got Robert Whitaker versus Kelvin Gastelum. I mean, this fight was booked years ago. And then we ended up getting uh, Israel Adesanya versus Anderson Silva as the main event in three rounds, which I wish that was five rounds long. That was that was pretty interesting. It was was like a a passing of the guard. So that was cool. It was. Um, Yeah, uh, this fight's super intriguing just because I, I think I think two, three years ago. I think everyone was saying, "Oh, this is a toss-up," but now I think everybody's favoring Whitaker, and I think I, yeah. I, 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 I tend to fall behind that as well because Whitaker seemed to get even better than he was before. Like we're talking about someone that became champion at 26 years old. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still he's still not an old guy. Like there's still room for improvement. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's how, how old is he? He's, he just turned 30. He, he just, just turned, turned 30. 30. He just turned 30 in December. I mean, he's he's getting better and better. Kelvin Gastelum. I, I've always felt like is is pretty undersized for this weight class, and I mm-hmm. think he can make 170 if he just took a diet seriously. To be honest with yeah. you, yeah, I think he gives a lot of those top 170 pound guys a lot of issues, but it he he just he just doesn't. Um, Whitaker, I think is it's it's one A one B right now, or I guess it's a clear two because he got stopped by Izzy. But it's it's one and two, but- and then there's a gap between the rest of the division. He was also coming off the the injury, and that was yeah, his first fight layoff. back. If yeah. you, if they if they run that back, which eventually they will run that back, mm. it goes way different for yeah. sure. I, I mean, I him him beating him beating 
cannoneer in the fashion that he did. Yes. Showed me everything I needed to. And to, till, to even see. till, yeah, like those yeah, are till. massive wins. Yeah, massive wins. Just, I, I, I'm gonna sound like Aaron here because I, I just don't know about till at 185. But then again, I th- till did set a blueprint to beat Kelvin Gastelum that a lot of fighters are following now. Um, and ever since that Izzy fight, it, Kelvin Gastelum hasn't really looked the same. No. And and I don't I don't think enough people are talking about the beating that he took in that fight. Like he took he took a pretty bad beating and he hasn't looked the same. I mean, like, oh, he got caught in a, in a heel hook quick by Jack Hermanson. He lost a split decision to Darren Till, which I don't understand how it was split, but we'll take it still. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean Whitaker is clearly the top of the division. He's he's the cream of the crop. I mean, it's just he, he's 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 the second best or or like right there at the best and i think i think a rematch with with adesanya is what needs to happen next for the middleweight division it's the fight that makes the most sense so i i really want him to win because i think i mean as speaking as a fan if if kelvin gaslam goes out there and wins i think that just throws the middle the next middleweight title shot up in the air it's just like okay well whoever you know i mean yes like kelvin gaslam and adesanya have the greatest fight title fight in UFC middleweight history, as far as like just action and entertainment value. But at the same time, I want to see Whitaker and Adesanya run it back one more time. This time in New Zealand, I agree. Put it in another stadium. That's a huge fight. We'll see. Uh, I'm taking Whitaker and I think Whitaker gets it done by stoppage. Five rounds. Yeah. I I think, I think he gets it done by stoppage. Five rounds is a lot of time. Um, I know it's hard to stop Kelvin Gastelum. It's really hard to stop him on the feet, but I think he gets it done. Uh, hopefully this this inspires Kelvin to move down to 170 because I think he, that's where he really belongs. I, I got Whitaker yeah. by uh, Whitaker by fourth round TKO. Okay, and I and I like that pick. Like I, I think I've been saying this for a while too. Like I think Robert Whitaker is one of the most underrated fighters that we kind of forgot about. Former champ has been mm. getting no love since you know. Izzy's been in the picture because yeah. Dana White absolutely loves Israel Adesanya. And that puts Robert Whitaker kind of away in the closet, which sucks because he is, I, I do think it is like yeah, a one, a one B. Like, I think they are that close. Like also, also so we, we really, we really got to talk about these pound for pound rankings because Robert Whitaker is ranked 13. He is behind Justin Gaethje. He is behind Jan Blachowicz. He's behind Dustin Poirier. Right. I, I, I think I, I, I don't agree with that at all, to be honest with where, you. Where where would you put like what do you think a Whitaker is at? Like I think higher? I think I think he is the I I'd think he should be Gaethje potentially. Whitaker should be the highest ranked not non champion. Him and yeah. him and Peter no, Yan. I agree. Him and Peter Yan, because Peter Yan lost his title. But right, right. I, I think I think he should be the highest ranked non champion. He's lost yeah, I agree. to one man in the middleweight division. And that man is Israel Adesanya. Like like I just, yeah. like and it was coming off of what the longest layoff of his career, and two Yoel yeah. Romero fights. I, I think like that's went toe to toe with Yoel Romero, toe to toe with Yoel Romero twice, mm, all twice. five rounds, fifty minutes. Like yeah. that's blasphemous to me that he's ranked that low. I'm with you, dude. That doesn't I'm make so any sense to me. Like he's he's one spot ahead ahead of Aljamain Sterling and two spots ahead of Conor McGregor on the pound for pound list. Two spots behind Gaethje, and he's he's. Eight spots behind Dustin Poirier. Or yeah, seven you got it. Come on, man. Like, no, I, I'm no, sorry. That's 
I'm with you. That that is insane, Robert Whitaker. And th- this is the thing. Like Kelvin Gastelum, I think obviously has a, an insane opportunity here if he's able to pull it off. Because then you can talk about the Gastelum Izzy rematch. You can still talk about the Vittori Izzy rematch. If Whitaker goes in there, gets it done without a doubt, he's the next guy up. And I was looking forward to Costa Whitaker. I really was. Yeah. And I love Kelvin Gastelum, dude. He he's, he's the man. I love watching him fight. He's super tough. Like you said, I think he's undersized, and I think. Whitaker, I and like Gaslam can wrestle, like that's what he does. Like he can 100% wrestle. I think Whitaker potentially is going to wrestle better than Gaslam. I think Gaslam needs to be able to be the one controlling and holding down Whitaker. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Whitaker, he's going to be the stronger guy. He's going to outstrike Kelvin. I think it's going to be a long, long night. I, I do think Kelvin survives just because he is that tough. I don't think he's going to get caught in the crazy heel hook. I don't think he's going to get hit with a big shot i think he will go the distance so i'll go with whitaker by decision but i i think this is um this is going to be real tough for kelvin real tough i yeah it's just i'm a believer in kelvin though i mean he's he he can counter with the best of them he he sneaks those shots in he's incredibly talented i mean like look look at the stuff that he pulled on 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 adesanya uh what do you think michael bisbing is hilarious honestly to me but um I just Whitaker just seems to be on another level since losing to Adesanya. I mean, to, for a guy that young to lose his championship and be motivated, come back and then win two fights. Clearly, I mean, damn! Like the the Cannoneer fight shocked Cannoneer. me. I expected Cannoneer to go in there and beat him. I'll be honest. I expected yeah. Cannoneer to figure it out, go in there and beat him, and get that title shot against Adesanya. And he went out there and put a stop to all of that. He was all ragdolling that. Jared Cannonier, who yeah. is a massive dude, a massive dude with yeah. probably the most power in that division. And I, I would have loved to seen uh, Paulo Costa fight on this card. That's what it was. That, that, that's yeah. what was originally booked. But I mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It, no, we'll, I'm, I'm with we'll you. See. I, but yeah, but, uh, also the pound for pound rankings. The only two. The, okay, Peter Yan, Max Holloway, and Robert correct. Whitaker. Should be the highest ranked non champions. I'm sorry to Dustin Gaethje. Poirier and Justin Gaethje. Yeah. No way. I'm sorry. I understand you only lost to Khabib, but at the same time, Dustin Poirier is like he, he's been slept at the division that he's in by a guy that's not ranked anymore. Whitaker like, held like, golds. He was a a good champion. He, has multiple, he did not get like, injured. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's yeah. I, it's insane that he's he's ranked like that. Yeah. Um. I do want to talk about Aaron saying who does Till be in top ten at middleweight? I mean. All right. Derek Brunson? Let's see. Who does Till beat top 10 in mid- middleweight? Kevin Holland. That's actually a fun fight. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> no, I, would, I would love to actually, watch that. That's actually a fun fight. All right. Uriah Hall. I think Till beats Uriah Hall. Yes. Kelvin Gastelum. He already beat Kelvin Gastelum rather yep. easily. Jack Hermanson. I think he beats Hermanson. Marvin Vittori. I would love to see that fight, and I think Darren Till does well. Derek Brunson. I think Darren Till wins that one rather easily. Jared Cannonier. I think that's a fun fight. Paula Costa. I think Till beats him. And then yeah. Robert Whitaker's ranked number one. I don't think he beats Robert. But we're talking about I don't know. I don't know why Aaron doesn't rank uh, rate Derek Till. Till. You think Brun- Brunson Rex Till? That's I don't know, man. That Brunson is a hot is, take. Is good, but like he doesn't do anything with his takedowns. He just lays on top of you. And I think is, and he's, so chinny, he's so chinny. He's so chinny. Till Aaron would wreck that, him with a shot. I think Aaron thinks in. that Till has like absolutely no wrestling capability, and that's yeah. Why that he, like, that is what it sounds like. Yeah, I'm like. I don't think we've seen it enough to make it like a completely accurate assumption. But at the I mean, same Whitaker time, Whitaker took him down 
pretty handily. Yeah, he wrecks. That's also wrecks too. Robert Whitaker, though. I just yeah, exactly. I, I, I don't know. We're talking about Derek Brunson. The dude's not a world beater. Like he's a solid ass no. fighter. Don't get me wrong, no. but he's not a world beater, and he's chinny. He would get caught by Darren Till. Guarantee that. Yeah, no, I, I I don't see that happening. If if Darren Till was capable of dropping much more talented strikers, completely shutting yeah. down Kelvin Gastelum's game. Yeah. Dropping Mazadal. I'm sorry. Derek Brunson's getting clipped, yo. I had to like I don't, uh, I don't see that. We're gonna see Darren Till crack the top. React to, Derek Brunson doesn't react to shots well either. I mean, like I No, Holland almost put him away in, in like the three seconds that he was standing and throwing strikes, he nearly put Brunson away. Yeah. Brunson goes <clears> out. <throat> Brunson can get put away. And Darren Till has the power, the counter-striking. He can do it without We're also doubt. talking about someone with footwork. Like, I like Kevin Holland a lot, but Kevin Holland doesn't move his feet as well as Darren Till does. It's it's range management. Footwork, counters, Dude, Till Holland. outside. That's Till Holland fight. would be a fun That's a fight. fight. That's a it's fight. Just, Holland's long. Holland's long, he's yeah, quick, he's... and he's powerful. I, it, it'd be a fun fight. I don't yep. know. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> Aaron with the with – the... Brunson Br- – sorry, Brunson – all day in all that day. fight and that dog money. <laughs> I'll dog take money, it. I'll he take loves it. Brunson as the dog, and I do too after that fight. But I'll take Till so hard in that fight. I will yeah. hammer Darren I'll, Till. I'll in take. That I'll fight. take. I'll take Darren Till in that one. I'll take him. All right. Well, that's uh, that's gonna do it for the main card here. Um, who do you got in the Ben Asker and Jake Paul fight? Uh, I was I was literally just talking about this earlier today. I mean, Ben Askren falls forward while punching. I I just don't see that going well against someone that knows how to counter, especially Jake Paul. I mean, Ben Ashkin falls forward punching also with his hands forward mm-hmm. to post. I mean, that's just I mean, literally I think Jake Paul could catch him with the same exact thing that he caught Nate Robinson with. And that was just that duck Oof. under over right. Like like it, it's I, I don't know. I got super blurry here. Good god. Yeah, you did. What happened? There we go. <laughs> no, but um yeah, no, I just I, – I, I don't see it going well for Ben Askren, and I feel like it's going to embarrass the entire MMA community. I'm like – I know. I'm very, I'm very I'm very upset that this got booked. Do a lot a, of your friends ask you um, – they're like, who's Ben Askren? Like, is it, who, like, who is this guy? And I'm like, he's yeah. an amazing wrestler. Great Can't wrestling. strike for shit. Can't, can't strike for shit. Can't hit for shit. Like, look, at, look at him fight Demi and Maya. He's literally – I, I mean, are we if we're, if we're being honest – Outside of CM Punk, he is the worst boxer to enter the UFC in the past five years. I'd say like like Chase Hooper. He's on like a Chase Hooper level. Chase Hooper can Chase Hooper's better. Uh, like Chase, when you're getting peppered up by Damian Maya, yeah, <laughs> we gotta have a talk. We gotta have a talk about your boxing. Like when you're getting when I you're know. getting when you're getting kind of kind of lit up against Damian Maya, we gotta have a serious talk about your boxing ability. I mean. Better the question: thing, Will will you watch it? Are you going to oh, yeah. pay to watch oh, it? Oh, of course, of course. I, I'll, yeah, of course I'll watch. That's that. what I said. I, I, yeah. I hate it, but I'm paying for it. I'm doing it. I'm paying for it. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it. But this is the other thing too. We're going to find out how tough Ben Askren is. Yeah. Because this this is this is this is the this is the scenario that I see him winning. When Jake Paul hits him and hits him clean a couple of times, and he doesn't go down because Ben Askren is used to being hit in the face. Correct. How does Jake Paul react to that? And you see with a lot of young, new boxers, whenever they don't put people away, 
it tires them out quickly. They start exactly. They start depending. They exactly. start putting everything in the shot. They're like, because because they don't think like, okay, let me just like post and then like find my shots where they, where they should go. They think, okay, let me hit them harder. All right, I need to hit them harder. I need to hit them more clean. So they just start searching for something and it wears them out. I think Jake Paul could possibly get worn out from this, but for sure, the only problem with that is it's been Askren really landing too many shots on someone that's really nah. trained. I mean, th- this is going to be this going to be pretty embarrassing for him, to be honest with you. I, I, I think, think it most likely for, for, will be embarrassing for Ben yeah. Askren to get like to be a professional fighter for as long as he's been, and to get just boxed up by a YouTuber that's been doing it seriously for two and a half years. Yep. It's going to be tough. It's, it it's going to be tough. But, I mean, Jake Paul takes his training seriously. I've said it before. He's he he's he's a problem for celebrities. Like, he's not he's not a pushover, man. Like No, he, man. The dude can fight. He will mess with people up. Yeah, he can fight. Like, the like, dude he can, can fight. He, when he you can dedicate two and a half years, as you're saying, two and a half years to one thing, mm-hmm. the guy's going to come in an incredible shape. He's training with a supposedly great people. He's, yeah. His fundamentals look good. And you're pulling in a terrible striker who has what two or three months of like focusing on the boxing aspect. It's not a good recipe it's, for Ben it's Askren. Not, it's, it's not going to go well for him, not at all. Uh, also, just we're talking about a dude that went to Big Bear to like focus on his training, like an actual professional boxer would do. Yeah, I mean, I, once I saw that happen, and then he came out against Nate Robinson and, and sparked him. I, I was, I don't. It's it's a lot to deal with. Jake Paul. Also, it's the athleticism. I. God bless Ben Askren's soul, but he is not coordinated <laughs> with 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 any sort of footwork or 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 punching ability. Like that's just not what he's built for. He's he's built for some funky wrestling. You know, I mean, you some can even see it wrestling. against yeah. Look, look at him. Look, he had a wrestling match against Jordan Burroughs. Granted, Jordan Burroughs is one of the greatest American wrestlers of all time. He got like just obliterated, not with like technique per se, just pure speed and athleticism. And I think like. That's where Ben Askren lacks the most, just speed and athleticism. He's not – he's strong, he's technical, but he's not the most athletic guy. And so MMA is the one sport where you can get away with, like, lacking athleticism. Right. In boxing, you need some. You need some athleticism. It's it, basically chin to. chin and cardio. That's what we're looking for if you, yeah. if you want to bet Ben Askren. Everything else is all Jake Ball. I'm Everything surprised else. the line is as close as it is. Is it like uh, Jake Paul like, is the favorite? But last not... time I saw it, Jake Paul is like minus one forty-five. Dang! I'm like, how? I got to bet on that. I have to. I, yeah, I, I just i i don't I don't know. I don't I don't know how anyone. I mean, I think everybody's just like, well, he's a he's a professional fighter, so. I mean, Jake's gonna have an issue with a real professional fighter. It's like y'all watch it, watch it, fighter, like, watch, wrestler, watch it. wrestler. Yeah, he is a professional wrestler that did MMA. That is what he is. Right. Sure, he, he fights. He, you want to call him a fighter? Yeah, yeah he fights. No. No. Yeah, it, I'm with you. When, you. when your highlights are you swinging and missing at spinning back fist against Damian Maya, that's that's your striking highlight reel. See, That's it. That's all he's got. I, yeah, I think, I think I'm not really a big Ben Askren fan, to be honest with you. So I definitely tuning in. I think we're going to see that, uh, that fro shaking in the wind or – in slow motion, just shaking on the canvas whenever he gets hit back. <laughs> well, but, it's it's good content regardless. Mm, it's amazing eight, content. Jake Paul's about to go viral again on Saturday. And then, right. like, the next guy up, I don't know who's after Ben Askren, but we're going to have to start talking about someone who can 
almost matches skills. He has no, to. No, I'll be he always has to have more skills, right? There's a reason. There's a reason why Dylan Dennis won't take that fight. There's a reason. Yeah, he knows. Dylan Dennis knows he'll get stretched. Like and that, that, you can't. You can't do that. You can't be an tough. active fighter that's and get starched by Jake Paul. And hey, he's smart. Keep though. your clout. Jake Paul is so smart, though. He is. Oh, he's like, oh shit. Okay, who's got a big following but has no hands? Oh, Ben Askren. Okay, cool. smart as fuck. All right, Dylan Dennis. Okay, cool. He wants to call out the big fish in, in the pond, like Conor McGregor, because he knows that's going to be huge money. And that might but happen. That honestly I, might happen. I think if you see Conor lose to Dustin Poirier again. Speaking of, did you did you speak about that whole situation going on? I did. Yeah, I touched yeah. on it. I think it's fake. I think it's fake beef just to drum up the whole trilogy. I think I think it I think it is weird because it's been sort of manufactured. But right. I don't know. I thought I thought it was pretty funny that Connor was like, "Well, the fight is off." That was pretty yeah, much yeah. a flex. That was a flex. He was, it just was like, such a flex. He was, he was like, "You're the fucking loser in this because you were going to yeah. get paid like fifteen million dollars to fight me. I'm just pulling out. See you later." Exactly. Dude. Yeah. No. It, yeah. I. I think that it still happens. Hilarious. Hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it still happens. Um, <laughs> I think it will. I do. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think it will too. I think that was a fake beef, just to drum yeah. things up a little bit. Because it honestly did. It's it's feeling like it's stale. It's a trilogy, but it feels stale. They're too nice in the second one. They like each other. They were like boys with each other. I didn't like that. We need the beef. We need the bad blood. Yeah. This is like one that, step. I think that, in that plays direction. in a, in, a, in a Connor's favor, though. You know. Yeah. I think I think I think that plays in a Connor's favor. I I don't know if it is or not. But hey, I'm all for it though. I want shit talk, karate stance, bounce around Connor back. That's what I want. I think Fuck that's yeah, what MMA dude. needs right now. MMA needs. They do. He came talking. in like mature, and he was like talking very highly of Dustin. I was like, dude, we need you to like chirp this man's face off. Like, I want you guys yelling at it, like standing up and yelling at each other in the yeah. pressers. Like, come on. Yeah, no, I, I need that. I need that back. That that, we, that, that yeah. made everything fun. I, I need the toxic Connor. I need I need monster energy can throwing Connor. Yeah, like yeah, throw the dolly <laughs> through the fucking tour bus window. Like, yeah. where's that guy? Where exactly. I, well, not maybe not that guy. But yeah, that, <laughs> that guy had some problems. Man, <laughs> just a, just a step below. Yeah, that, that was yeah. that was. I'm in trouble every week. There's a new allegation I every week, convict, Connor. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was convict, Connor. Yeah. No, but I need I need I need motivated shit talking. Like I'm gonna piss you off no matter what, Connor. So I'm in. I'm 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 hoping we get that, but. Uh, we'll see, but now we're only uh, now we're only uh about about three weeks away from uh another pay per view. It's the last little fight night leading into a pay per view. These are always either really really good or 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 really stale. I'm thinking this one's gonna be pretty good. We get to see one of the top pound for pound fighters in the world, in my opinion. Robert Whitaker's, I mean, yep. top top six seven in the world pound for pound. Um, so yeah, I'll see. There's there's also some interesting fights on the on the undercard. I mean, GM three comes back after getting his head blasted off by Kamzat. Uh, <laughs> he's he's fighting. Yeah, oh, and then, damn. Uh, he has, yeah. I think Fabinski's good too, isn't he? Yeah, uh, Fabinski. Top fight. I feel bad uh, for Charles Mirshard. It's you're in the UFC. That's that's yeah. the thing that I've, you're, you're in the UFC for a reason. I mean, Fabinski lost. Uh, he went to Cage Warriors. Beat Dar- uh, Darren Stewart. No, no, no. He didn't. He didn't fight in Cage Warriors. What is that? No, he um. What's it called? He beat Darren Stewart. Then he went uh, up against Andre Muniz and then lost that one by submission. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see. G- both of them coming off of losses. That, that'll be an interesting fight. Uh, I, th- I think Ro- Romanov, dude. Romanov, Espino. That's low-key mm. a sick heavyweight fight. Romanov is oh, yeah. legit. And Espino is like a random kind of forgotten about guy. Yeah, Romanov 13-0. Yeah. I, I, I want to see it. He has, he has two submissions coming into the UFC. He's really good. I, I he, he fought he fought in uh, in, in Khabib's promotion. 
which I'm I'm always yep. for. You know, uh, we UFC needs more heavyweight talent. The more and more heavyweight talent you can get, I love it. I, I want more of it. Um, yep. Also, uh, Tracy Cortez is fighting Justine Kish. I don't even remember the last time Justine Kish fought. I just remember she shit her pants in the in the cage one time. <laughs> <laughs> but Tracy Cortez has been training at a. At, at, at uh, Henry Cejudo's gym with uh, Captain Eric Albarracine. So yeah. I don't know. She, I, I'll be interested to see that. I'll be interested to see that. She's 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 eight and one. She only lost her professional debut, and she's undefeated in the UFC. She has three unanimous decisions. And now you're getting a little bit of a of a step up, I guess, against Justine Kish. But I don't know. We'll see. I I, th- I think she has potential later on. Uh, I don't know about. I don't know if she's at if she's at title level yet, but. Yeah, but like, again, that's level, like, but like at, at top five, top ten level. Yeah, and, but, and that's what we're, you're saying. Like, we need more heavyweights. Like, we need more like legitimate women's contenders mm, as well, which we just saw. Especially flyweight, especially yeah. flyweight. Yeah, I, yeah. It, well, I mean, we have a flyweight title fight in a couple of weeks, and I don't. It's probably the best matchup yet, and I don't, still don't think people are too excited for it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I, I haven't got. I'm not looking at that yet. You know, like yeah, I'll yeah. get pumped for that in a little bit. We still have yeah. a lot. That's in what June, right? No, no, no. The women's no. That's that's two weeks. That's uh, Usman and Masvidal. Uh, oh. what's it Shevchenko versus uh, Andraj. That's that's, that's, in, that's in two weeks. Yeah, that's in two oh, weeks. Oh shit! That's, that's, that's on two sixty one. Man, I thought that was like way. Oh, see, no. that's how that's how much I just don't know. And, yeah, like, you don't. Maybe, like, I don't even know. Like, who's promoting this? I, I, it's been it's been pretty much Usman Masvidal has been like the the bill. <laughs> oh damn. But yeah, there's. I mean, Rose faces Weili Zhang coming back after after a long layoff, and uh, I'm excited about that one. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. I mean, women's flyweight. I mean, well, women's strawweight always delivers, man. It always delivers, it does. especially at the top five. It's just we getting women's bantamweight and flyweight on that level. I I think we need, but we got to give time for the for these for these girls to grow and get to to Valentina and Amanda's level. Which for Amanda, yeah. I don't I, I don't I don't think that might. I, I really don't think that might happen. That <laughs> might not happen. Oh hell no. That that, I mean, that's a, soon. she. We're talking about one of the greatest fighters of all time. That's yeah. That's a she's dominant rarity. But uh, they, this is my thing. If 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 Shevchenko wins this fight, you gotta book it next. I think book you have it, to book it, for, book it for International Fight Week. I just do something. There is that. no one left for no Amanda one. Nunez. No. There's zero talent out there that are is ready at least there's no it's not juliana pena it's not juliana pena and i like her i think she's a yeah. solid fighter she gets freaking smoked by amanda nunez flatlined quickly flatlined easily quickly. i mean at, at 125 after it if shevchenko beats andrage who are you gonna give the shot to lauren murphy if they book i'm telling you right now steve Damn. if they book lauren murphy versus valentina shevchenko <laughs> over amanda nunez I'm driving up to the UFC PI, and I'm taking a shit on the front gate. That's what I'm doing. I'm <laughs> no, but I, oh, I, yeah, boy. I, I think I, I don't know. It, well, Miranda Maverick is up. a name to keep an eye on. So she mm. beats Macy Barber. Then, you you know, maybe two more fights, and then you're starting to get, if she can develop a little bit more, like maybe she can be that type of fighter. Vivian Araujo, she looks pretty solid. Mm. Alexa Grasso looks pretty good in, in her last fight against Macy Barber. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, just, we're like, I just we're feel just... like there are a couple of fights away, though. It's my thing. Yeah, like, exactly. No one is ready. No one yeah, is ready. Because the only people in line that that haven't, I mean, you have Lauren Murphy. That's one person that Valentina hasn't beat. You have Cynthia, uh, Cynthia Calvillo, one person that Valentina hasn't beat. You got JoJo Calderwood, 
she looked good. I, like she looked pretty good yeah. in the last fight. It's just you but have to go really far down. Shevchenko. Yeah, that's my thing. And, and at one at one thirty five, the only I mean Irene Aldana is a pretty interesting fight for Amanda Nunes, but she's pretty solid. I still think Amanda buzzes right through her. Uh, she's already knocked out Holly Holm. She's already beat GDR. She's already oh Aspen Ladd got knocked out by GDR. I just there's there's just no one for him. I think I think next you have to book the biggest fight in women's MMA history. And I understand why you like let them fight these contenders because oh just keep building. Like I want you to be recognized as one of the goats and have everybody watching. But right, I I don't know. We'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll. Well, we'll get into that one we'll, for another we'll, time. Yeah, we'll, we we'll got tackle to, uh, that when we get there. Yeah, we got we got to wrap this one up for the yep, for yep. the people out there. But yeah, thanks for tuning in, guys. And I was going solo for a while there. Thank you, Karen, for saving me. No uh, that was very helpful, and it was good to have a nice back and forth with someone versus just me just talking out loud in a hotel room. Um, <laughs> so that was great. But yeah, check us out, Coffee and Ko's. You can find us at Coffee and Ko's One on Instagram, on Twitter. Check us out on YouTube. We're posting videos weekly. Um, but thanks for tuning in. UFC Vegas 24 is on Saturday. I think it's going to be a 10 p.m. card. And uh, we will see you guys next time.